Welcome to From Duck Till Dark, Outside the Marvel Studios. An audio celebration of the films based on Marvel Comics characters released before and during the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Enough said. Face front, true believers. This is George Soroy, and welcome to the latest episode of From Duck Till Dark, Outside the Marvel Studios. Here we are at episode number... 29. Now, for those of you who are keeping score, this is part of the National Podcast Post-Month Challenge, which is very simple, recording and posting an episode of a podcast every day for 30 days. And here I am at number 29. I am keeping up with my schedule. And tonight I'm actually going to be recording episode number 30. So so that way that will be up by the time the the official deadline hits. Now, we still have another five episodes to cover, another five movies to cover after this one, after episode 30. But I am really, really excited that I've gone this far with this challenge. And I want to thank all of you for taking this trip with me. It's been a lot of fun revisiting these movies, um, especially again, now that I was able to completely redo the 2019 versions of these of these episodes getting to do them with better production value and intro and outro talking a little giving a little bit more insight to everything it's it's been a lot of fun it's been a lot of fun and i want to thank all of you for taking this trip with me so we are at so here we are in 2015. 2014 has come and gone, and the X-Men are back on track. Everything is rolling. The end credits teaser at the very end of Days of Future Past showed us that we're getting Apocalypse in the next one, so expectations there were high. And things were really rolling in the world of comic book movies. And of course, everything was going great with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. By this time, they had already hit their, in my opinion, their creative peak with Captain America, the Winter Soldier. That, to me, still stands as the finest of all the, the MCU movies. And on a very short list of the greatest comic book films of all time. I absolutely adore that movie. I really, really do. But this is not an MCU podcast. There are plenty of other places to to hear about that. But in 2000, during the year of 2015... There was a lot of stuff that, that was also going on. The Avengers was about to come out with Age of Ultron. Ant-Man was going to make his debut. Man of Steel had, had already come in for DC in 2013. And during the previews for Avengers Age of Ultron, we were getting we were getting a look at Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. Things were really rocking in, in the comic book genre. And it was also around that same time that... 20th Century Fox released their latest take on the Fantastic Four. And here's where all the, that great momentum that the genre has kind of hits a bump in the road. It doesn't stop. It just hits a bump in the road. And the main reason why I say that is because no one went to see the Fantastic Four 2015 version. It was barely a blip on people's radar. And it came and went with some of the worst reviews for a comic book movie in recent years. And 
I remember not wanting to watch that movie at all. It just didn't feel right. It felt like it was taking itself way too seriously in terms of what the Fantastic Four is all about. Because everyone always is trying to toe that line between action that, that, that brings you in, characters that you are invested in, and then humor to lighten the mood along the way. Obviously, the MCU does that with pretty much all their movies now. It's quite the formula now. But there is such a thing as going too far the other way because while everyone is really fearful of their movie becoming Batman and Robin, what they don't want is to for everything to just go the other way to the point where everyone is dour and no one's having fun at all. No whimsy. And that is a real problem when you have the first family of Marvel Comics because so much of their personalities, so much of their success is how they mesh personalities with each other. And when you have just straight-laced stone-faced, especially in terms of a thing, just one-note characters, then you're not really going to go anywhere with this. And unfortunately, that's what we get here. This was directed by Josh Trank, who really made a name for himself with the film Chronicle. And all of a sudden, here he is working with 20th Century Fox to present their latest take on the Fantastic Four. They decided to do the reboot since 2007, the film Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer, unfortunately did not do all that great in the box office. It did well enough to be considered a mild success, but these days, mild success just doesn't cut it. And so they decided that it needed a fresh take. I wanted to enjoy it. I really do. because The Fantastic Four is a tough nut to crack in terms of comic book films. And when they can toe that line, then they can do really well. And I feel like the 2005 film, especially the extended version, I feel like that hit more than it missed. So I still consider that one to be the top of the Fantastic Four movies. Rise of the Silver Surfer, below that in number two. And then I would put the 1994 Fantastic Four in third place. And this one in fourth, because I really honestly don't see myself really watching this one again, um, especially considering the fact that all of the wonder and the splendor that goes into the Fantastic Four is basically just sucked out of the whole movie. There is a period where they're just discovering their powers and then they cut to like a year later and they're being, they're under government surveillance and they're they're basically like testing out their powers at full full strength and it just, it, it it took away the elements of these characters really getting to know who they are now and embracing who they are, especially Johnny Storm. And there's just no real, there's nothing there that really makes me want to invest in these characters, which is a real shame. There were some things that I liked. I liked the fact that it was... Um, going to a different dimension and being affected by the different changes there. But it doesn't really reflect the enhancements in their bodies 
adapting to their DNA and tapping into their own personalities, which is what Fantastic Four is all about. When they don't have any personalities, then they're just, you know, like, okay, this one has fire and this one can't be invisible and this one's a big rock guy and this one can stretch his arms. And like, yeah, I, I did not feel anything for this movie. And it's, and it just sucks. And I, that's probably the worst kind of sin that a movie can commit is being dull. And this is very, very dull. I was not into this one. Not really at all. And even even right at the very end, when they tease the fact of what they're going to call themselves, and all of a sudden it was like uh, Reed just goes, okay, guys, I got it. And then it cuts to black and it says Fantastic Four. It was just like they can't even bother to say it. So why even do it? That's the main thing that, that I just have to, have to say about it. If what you're going to present is so unlike the source material, then why do it at all? You're just using it for the name value, and that's it. And that's a really cynical take on a comic book film. And we should be beyond that by now in 2015. There should be people that are committed to doing these characters right and not just leeching off of an IP, which is exactly what 20th Century Fox was doing. And I definitely sympathize with Josh Trank because he had a different take on it. And 20th Century Fox looked at it and was really disheartened by the footage. And they ordered so many different takes, so many different reshoots that it wasn't his film anymore. And he went ahead and made a point to tweet about that, pretty much sabotaging his whole career by doing that because he wasn't working again for another five years. But it was one of those things where just like, like, I sympathize with you. I get it. This is not your film. And he was basically just kind of pre doing a preemptive strike. So that way everyone could understand like, hey, this is not my movie, even though his name is right on it. So he was in a really bad situation. And I do feel for him. I would have liked to see what that his version was. And hopefully we'll get a chance to see that because we do get a lot of extended cuts and director's cuts these days. And we're getting, we got, we got the Snyder cut of Justice League. We got Zack Snyder's Justice League, all four hours of it. And it was pretty damn glorious. I loved it. And it was the epic that it needed to be. But I mean, this is the time, this is that time where where these different movies that are looked at as a full-on miss or a catastrophe, they're getting a second life because of the chance to kind of look back at those earlier cuts and see what was originally envisioned. I hope we get that soon because as of right now, this version of the Fantastic Four was absolutely dull and just lifeless. And I just felt nothing for it. I, I was not invested in this one at all. And I hate to say that, but that's the case. So this one gets a not recommend for me and it's, it's pretty blatant. So I'm curious to know your thoughts about 2015's Fantastic Four. Please go ahead and check out the Facebook page at facebook.com slash from duck till dark. And next episode, we are going to go in a much, much brighter direction with, uh, with the introduction of a character that was long overdue to make it to the big screen. And 
we're going to do that with episode 30. So until then, this is George Soroy saying to all of you, Ever Upward and Excelsior. I'll see you then.